Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Well, another good morning. I see a lot of uh, new faces, so my name is Hunter. And Liz, uh, my wife, and I were the lead pastors here. Um, at Encounter Church, and we just love having all of you in the house today, and I am super extra excited because it's Surge Sunday! We've been talking about this for a while, and I'm just so excited. Many of you have been with us for a while. Others of you have only been with us for a short while, so you may or may not know what Surge is. And uh, uh, in a few minutes, Pastor Chad's going to come. He's going to talk a whole lot more about it and what Surge is doing. But Surge is a global church planting. It's more than a mission or a project. It is a movement all around the world. God is moving through Surge to raise up uh, spirit-filled, self-replicating churches all around the world. And many of you do not know that Encounter Church I, 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 we were trying to calculate it the other day. I think that we've been used to fund eight or going on eight church plants around the world, okay? F specifically, five churches we helped plant in Cuba, and we go to Cuba and have a relationship there with them. So we're just so excited. Um, many of you know that Joel Stockstill is, is my pastor. He's my discipler. He is the top leader of Surge. But uh, a year ago, I met Chad Lang. And uh, he came on board at Surge a while back and has really been helping to, 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 to move the ball forward, right? To move the ball down the court. They've been planting dozens and dozens of churches every month this year. He'll tell you more about it. But, uh, you know, I, I, I met uh, Pastor Chad through Pastor Joel, but I feel like yesterday we officially became friends. We really got to know each other. So I want everybody today to welcome Pastor Chad Lang to come and give us the word. Thank you, sir. <laughs> come on. Man, I feel like I already know this church. I, uh... I hear so much about it from Pastor Joel, and it's an honor to be here with you. Uh, don't adjust your eyes. I am the short, and so it's good. Uh, so I work in the land of giants. Um, if you've not met Pastor Joel, he is 6'5". His father is also 6'5". His brother is 6'6". Six, six. Uh, the other guy that I work with in Fort Worth, Texas is also 6'5". And so I think they just needed a little normalcy on their staff. And so they brought me on a little over a year ago, and uh, before I get into... The message today, I want to honor your pastor and his amazing wife. Um, come on, can you just give it up for your pastors? Um, it takes a move of God and it takes hearing from Jesus and some, uh, some stupidity to move across the country uh, and say, hey, we're going to go to Atlanta and we're going to plant a church. And... Uh, but what God has done in this church in a short amount of time and what I believe God's about to do, 
in an even shorter amount of time is nothing short of miraculous. And so for those of you that took the trek across the country to say, we believe in what God is doing in this area and we believe in the gospel to preach it in a city that we don't know anybody in, man, you guys are doing something special. You have done something special. This church is primed for God to move in an incredible way. So Pastor Hunter, I love you. I appreciate you. I, man, I, I got to hang down by the Braves Stadium last night. And uh, so I'm from Pittsburgh. And so uh, we have the best view of any baseball park in the major leagues. But man, do you all have the coolest area of any baseball park. So it was kind of neat to be here and hang with you. And I wanted to uh, just introduce myself real quick. Again, my name's Chad. I'm the U.S. Director of Pastoral Relations of what I believe is probably one of the greatest organizations on the planet. Um, Surge Project has been uh, in action for over 20 years. Pastor Larry Stockstill, Pastor Joel's father, started Surge out of Bethany Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, because he wanted to see missions done maybe a little differently. And that was a heart to plant churches around the globe. And he didn't know where that was gonna go. He just had a heart and a burden for the world. He is a missionary that happens to pastor churches. And uh, he had a heart to see it different. And so over a year ago, I had the privilege of coming on the team to help advance the, the gospel a little bit more and maybe just roll the ball down the field a little bit more. And, and I just wanna share just briefly um, what God has done in a very, very short amount of time. Um, in 20 years, we've had the privilege of funding over 14,000 churches to be planted around the globe in 49 countries. Now, out of that, because it is self-replicating, we have planted and know that we have planted over 30,000 churches in 49 countries of the globe. And so that's kind of fun to do. So in a year of pandemic... Um, in 2020, we planted 333 churches uh, last year. And so, so far in six months this year, we've already planted 240 churches in 29 countries, 31 last month in 13 countries. Can you get just a little bit more excited about the gospel? And, uh, you know, behind every, every individual, there's always someone that supports him. And for me, it's my incredible family. And so I get to do what I get to do because of my wife and my kids. And so that's my wife. That's my son, Judah, my daughter, Ariana. And uh, yeah, that's a McLaren. This is a cool car. No. Um, so I think the car makes the photo, but no, it's good. I love my family. I've been with my wife uh, for 20 years. I've been married for 15. Uh, my daughter is following in my wife's footsteps. She was a principal ballerina, and uh, my daughter's following that footstep. My, my son is an identical replica of me, praise God, and uh, that is my family. And so we live in West Palm Beach, Florida, alongside of Pastor Joel. And uh, man, just excited to be able to be with you today. And I want to pray before I get started today, because I realize that I don't have a lot to offer on my own. And I need the spirit of God to come into this imperfect vessel to use me to speak life into you. So Father, I love you. And I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your word that would go forth with power. Use me today, Jesus. Use my voice to penetrate a heart. Father, I pray that everyone in this room would have an eye to see and an ear to hear and a heart to receive everything that you would have for them to receive, Jesus. It is only through your strength that I can do what I do, Father. We love you and we are grateful for who you are in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Come on, somebody, and just give the Lord another round of praise in here. I want to I share in a minute um, about what God is doing around the globe. But before I do, we sang a song just a little bit ago, and the, the lyrics of that were, pour your spirit out, and we are desperate for you. And if you're new to Encounter Church, 
You may have no idea why someone would be lifting their hands or someone next to you would be crying when they're singing that song. But let me just, let me, let me just share something with you. We are all desperate for something in our life. We're all desperate for some. Some of you in here right now are desperate for the alcohol that you may have later on tonight. You may be desperate for the feeling to be needed, the feeling to be known. You're desperate for the perfect marriage. You're desperate for the perfect house. You're desperate for the perfect image on social media. You're desperate for something. But here in this house, the people in this church are saying, Jesus, I, I can't do this thing on my own. I don't want to do this thing on my own. It is not mine to do it. So Jesus, I want to be desperate for you. Pour your spirit out into me, Jesus. Use me. And so if you're new here and you're like, man, I don't get it. I pray that at the end of this message you do. I pray that you do. Because I've been walking with Jesus now for 21 years. And prior to that, I had no idea what my life could be like. I had no idea what it could look like. Some of you are in here right now and you're, you, you, you cannot see beyond the trees that are in front of you. But the Lord is about to remove them. Not only to see what God is about to do in your life, but what God is about to do in this church, what God is about to do in your community, what God is about to do around the world through you because he's chosen you. He's chosen you. And as a pastor and being with Serge, I get the privilege sometimes to travel around the country to visit our partners like I am today. And I'm so excited to be able to do that. And uh, I had been in uh, Louisiana. I was in New Orleans. I was at a church visiting one of our partners there not long ago. And uh, when I was flying back and it was a kind of an interesting trip. They had planned me to go out there and I was hanging out there for a little bit. But right before the week before they had a flood in their church and they had a church split and i was like yo what a week to go and so i was like well it's all good we'll go and hang out and we'll do what we do and so i had gone there and it was just a a week of just ministering to the church and being there for the team and helping them through this this season and time and i was on a flight and i was flying out and it, i was a little drained to be honest with you and so i did what every great pastor does when you get on a plane i put in my earbuds and i put it on transparency and so I didn't want to add a non-transparency on my earbuds. I didn't want to hear anybody. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I just wanted to sit and I wanted to have an easy flight. And uh, I sat next to a young lady whose name was Katie. And Katie's husband was a firefighter in Baton Rouge. And she was uh, hanging out on the flight because she was going to her best friend's uh, birthday party in Ohio. She was turning 30, but she was pregnant. And she had, uh, her husband was bringing her in uh, and four other friends because they wanted to surprise her. Guys. My goal to be left alone on a plane wasn't going to happen. It's just the reality of it. And then she, she looks at me and she like taps my arm. And she's like, I don't fly well. And I was like, oh, so good. I was like, it's okay. It's all right. And then she starts sharing her story. I said, we're going to be fine. It's all good. The flight's going to be fine. And I took out my earbuds. And in that moment, I said, Jesus, whatever you want to do on this flight, do. So I got my earbuds. And I started talking to Katie. And you talked about evangelism. Can I tell you something? God's going to use you in moments and in situations and times that you're like, I'm not even sure, Jesus, what's going on right now? And I'm on this flight and she starts talking to me about how her brother um, killed himself. I'm going to get real heavy real quick. So I promise, bear with me. We'll go somewhere. Um, she talked about how her brother took his life. 
and then how her mother couldn't handle that situation. And four years later, she wound up taking her own life through alcoholism and she wound up drinking herself to death, unfortunately. And then her brother, brother who was dealing with a severe illness and, and sickness in his body wound up dying not long after that. And Katie was sharing with me how she just believes that they were just floating in this environment somewhere, ready to get right. And, and in my mind, right, I'm a pastor, her theology was wrong. And, and my heart in that moment was not to share how wrong she was, but how right God is. And so I, I just started to talk to her and I started to share the love of Jesus with her. And, and, and regardless if her family was able to get it right prior to their death, I wanted to make sure that in that moment that she would be able to get it right and, and that I needed to care for Katie, not for anything else. I didn't, wasn't trying to win a soul. I just wanted Katie to connect with Jesus. And so we started to fly and, and we started to talk and, and guys, the plane started to receive some turbulence. And I mean, turbulence. And if you remember in the beginning of the story, Katie had told me that she did not fly well. And so it starts to bump. Now, listen, if I'm spending money for a plane flight, I want it to bump. I want it to go high. I want it to go low. And if you can make it flip over, I'm going to be excited about that. Right? So just do it all. I'm good. And so Katie is on this plane. She's like, I'm not, you know, she's not doing well. And so we're 57 minutes. This plane is in horrible turbulence. 57 minutes. You know how I know? Because it was the first time that Katie grabbed my arm that I was able to look at my watch because her nails were dug into my skin. And so I knew the time. And throughout that 57 minutes, two kids in front of me started to, to get sick. The guy behind me got sick. The lady next to me on the left got sick. And guys, Pastor Hunter, Katie got sick. And I'm on this plane and I'm talking to her about Jesus and all of a sudden everything shifts in a moment and, and I put out, the, got the bag because at every good airline they have the bag and so I took it out for her, I put my hand on her back and she just started to go at it and she was so sick. And we're coming into Atlanta. Praise God for Atlanta's airport. 57 minutes. And I'm looking out the left side of the plane and I'm seeing the runway. Guys, it's not a good thing when you're looking out the left side of a plane and you're seeing the runway. Just in case you don't fly. And we're going and she's sick, everyone's sick. And so we land and the wheel catches and the plane goes forward. And then we land in Atlanta. And in that moment, she's like, I know I couldn't die. I was sitting next to a pastor. You know, it's funny. So... Earlier in the flight, she was like, are we going to make it to the ground? I was like, one way or another, you know, like, and so we decided to connect. And while we're on the runway, we're taxiing through, they're checking everything, you know. And, and I, she's like, what about my next flight? I got to go to Ohio. I said, Katie, I have no idea what your next flight's going to look like. I have no idea what your life is going to look like. But what I know is this, Jesus brought you to this ground so that you could make a decision for him and he loves you and he gave his life for you and he would do it again so that you can be with him for eternity and live your life on this earth for him and in that moment because I had the chance and the privilege to pray with Katie she friend requested me at real time on Facebook on the plane because we were taxing for a while and she because your airport's insane and so she started, she friend requested me. I followed up with her. Her and her husband are now connected to a church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They're serving God. And they have a church to call home now. Can I tell you something? It didn't start in that flight with me. 
It didn't start on that seat with me. It started in a moment many years ago when I was in the third row in the first seat at Northway Christian Community when I showed up to a church for the very first time just to get someone to stop asking me to go to church. And I showed up in that moment, in that moment, in that seat, Jesus touched my heart and transformed who I was. He's chosen you. He's chosen you. He chose me to be on that flight that day. Just like he did Peter. He chose Peter. Just like he chose Pastor Hunter and his amazing family. And I want to talk about Peter out of Matthew 16 here in just a minute. And I'm going to talk about how this works regarding the globe. Because it's important that we know. It's cool that Katie had a church to go to here in the U.S., that's not the ability everywhere around the world. That's not. Not everyone has the ability to go to an incredible church like Encounter and show up here on a weekend and experience worship the way that you all do. But at Surge, we do our best with the breath of God to breathe life around the world so that we can plant spirit-filled, self-replicating churches so that people in distant areas of the world that you may never meet can experience and encounter a living God. But we got to know that he's chosen us. He's chosen you for something bigger. And as a matter of fact, he chose Peter in this passage and I'm going to read it and it'll be up on the screen I actually changed the notes if it says mark in your in your notes please forgive me I changed it last minute but in Matthew 16 this is a moment where Jesus had just fed 4,000 he had just did a miracle of of healing a blind man by rubbing dirt in his eyes sidebar if you need a miracle in your life it may come in a way that may be uncomfortable to you but we'll do exactly what God wants to do through it so do you think that man that day of Jesus was like, hey, man, want to be healed? He's like, sure. I'm going to rub some dirt in your eyes. Do you think that guy was like, what are you doing, man? Like, <laughs> right? No, but sometimes Jesus is going to perform exactly what he's going to perform, exactly the way he needs to do it in order to get your attention and get others' attention. Just know that he can and he will. And this is a moment that Peter, and if you've been in church for any length of time, you, you're familiar with Peter, right? Um, we, we, we love Peter. We're like, Peter you know like we love Peter now we know him as the guy who uh, tried when Jesus was about to get arrested and he cut the dude's ear off by the way he wasn't trying to cut the dude's ear off he was trying to stab him in the head and even got that wrong right and so like this is just who Peter was so this is right where we pick it up and, and Peter is there and some of the disciples are there and they're walking to Caesarea Philippi, and we pick it up in Matthew 16, 13, and 14. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Stop there. I think Jesus asked that question because his disciples were close enough to the people to know the answer to that question. Do you know sometimes you can be so connected to someone that has a different view of God that can actually manipulate and distort your view of God? And he's asking the question, who do people say I am? And I know that he's questioning kind of the motive behind it because of the question that's asked next. And as we continue in that passage, he continues on. And they replied, some say you're John the Baptist, others say you're Elijah, and others say you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets, Right? These are people. They're just saying, this is what they say you are. But I love this. 
But what about you? He asked. Who do you say that I am? Encounter church. Who do you say Jesus is? Who do you say Jesus is? Is he your father? Is he your provider? Is he your healer? Is he your all in all? Is he the one that was, who is, and is to come? Is he the one that can build his church? Is he the one that can expand your reach? Is he the one that can restore your marriage, get rid of addiction, help pull you out of what you're in and pour some people into your life? Who is he to you? Because we have to answer that question. If we're truly going to be used by God and we're truly going to realize and walk in the fact that he's chosen us as his people, we have to answer that very question in our life in order to be able to walk in the calling and the destiny that Jesus has for each one of us. And Peter gets it right. He had a 50-50 shot of getting it wrong. He did. Watch what he says. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And he continues on. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. Continue on. Come on, somebody. And I tell you that you are Peter. And, and, and uh, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Come on, somebody. Can I tell you? Knowing who he is reveals who you are. Knowing who he is reveals who you are. Knowing who he is as father, knowing who he is as Lord, knowing who he is as savior reveals who you are. Peter was just giving him an answer. Encounter church, every one of us today need to ask the question, who, Jesus, who are you? Because in the moment that he, you know, Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? What he was reeling really asking is, who do you say I am? And, and, and in the process of that, Peter was asking a question he even know existed. Jesus, who do you say I am? Jesus, who do you say I am? For some of you, you have lived under the banner in the weight of other people's words against you. You have lived under the oppression. You have lived under the, the negativity. You have lived under, listen, I lived under that stuff. I remember Ms. Cribbins in, in sixth grade pulling me into her office and telling me that I would never amount to anything in my life. I was in sixth grade. I grew up watching my mother try to take her life over 20 times. I lived and grew up in an abusive home. And if I just lived my life in the way that I watched and the things that were spoken over me, my God, where would I be? Where would you be? Right, but you're here. But some of those words still mess with you. And I know Peter, he's, he's got some stuff because when you talk about Peter, you're like, oh, that's a dude that denied Jesus. No, Jesus, when you ask Jesus who Peter is, he's the one that says, that's the guy that I built my church on. That's the guy who stood up for me. That's the guy who brought 3,000 people to him. And listen, we don't know who this is and this is Jesus, but knowing who he is reveals who you are. But who am I? Who am I? Some of you are like, well, I'm just a mom. I'm just a mom. You ever ask, well, what do you do? I'm a stay-at-home mom. 
what? That's the hardest job on the planet. Are you kidding me? The fact that you're sane and here and your kids have clothes on is a miracle. Because whatever you have, if you have a husband, if you have two kids and a husband, you can say you have three kids. We know that, right? That's the reality of it. That's true. My wife had it easy today. I wasn't home, right? So it was good. She only had two to work on. And so, or, hey, what do you do? I'm, I'm you know, my wife gets this all the time. Oh, I'm Pastor Chad's wife. No, you're not. You're Kristen. You're, no, right? You're Kristen. You're RJ. You have a name. God's chosen you for a purpose. And you know what? Each and every single one of you have incredible gifts and have incredible talents to be used by God to do great things for his kingdom. You don't believe me? Let's look at Peter one more time. Let's look at John 21. John 20. Now, we know Peter was a fisherman, right? If you've not watched The Chosen, watch The Chosen. It's probably one of the greatest uh, just shows. You'll binge watch it. It's really good. It's Christian TV, but really good, right? Because most Christian TV is not. So um, let's just be honest. Uh, John 21, 3, so say, watch this. I'm going, to, I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And then he said... Uh, we'll go with you. Then they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Stop. Each and every single one of you have a gift and a talent and something to offer the kingdom of God. He has given you what you're blessed with. It doesn't look, it doesn't need to be a speaking gift. It doesn't need to be a musical gift. It doesn't need to be, man, I think this is, this dude's uh, first weekend on drums over here. Didn't he do an incredible job? Dude, it's so good. And I can tell that, you know, he was so good, you wouldn't have known it was the first week. It may not be technical. You may not understand lighting. You may not, but I'm telling you this, you do have a gift. Can I tell you this? All of us have a gift to reach people. All of us. Well, I'm, only, I'm a 10 out of 10 introvert. I really don't like that. No, it's okay. Like God's given you the ability to reach people. And he's given you unique gifts. So I love this. So Peter has, he's a fisherman. This is his job. He went out, he fished and caught nothing. Watch this, though. Continue on. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore. Jesus is always watching. He's watching your gift in action. Standing on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Sometimes you can be so close to the Father and not even realize it's him. He called out to them, friends, haven't you have any fish? He already knew the answer. He's Jesus. He's, sometimes he just wants you to admit it. You've been doing this so long. You've been trying to get out of debt so long. Some of you have been trying to get Financial Peace University, but you've been Dave-ish for a long time. Right? You're like, I want to do Financial Peace, but I really love Amazon, right? So it's like, it's a thing. It's a struggle. And, you know, you got a gift. I got a, I got, I got, what, I, I got a musical gift. I can play the guitar, but the stage isn't big enough yet. I'm not, I'm, I promise I'm here as a friend. But I will step on toes while I'm here. A little bit. And he called out to them, friends, haven't you caught any fish? No, they answered, right? Could you imagine that no? No! Right? That was, that's, I just envisioned it like how I would do it, you know? And so watch this, go on. And he said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. Could you imagine what they're thinking in this moment? We've been out here all night long. 
I've been working all day. I have been trying to build my business so much that those deals keep failing over and over and over again. I've been trying to restore my marriage, but my husband's just not receptive. I've been trying to, to, to do, raise my kids in the way that they should go, but they just don't want to hear it. Maybe, maybe, maybe he just wants you to cast your net on the other side of the boat. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. They couldn't pull them in. Listen to me, Encounter Church, real quick. Your gift under God's direction produces something supernatural. Your gift under God's direction produces something supernatural. Some of you are saying, well, the only gift I have is, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I, like, I, mean, I can connect with people. It's, it's the way I do. That's awesome. Maybe, just maybe, you're, you're called to be a discipleship group leader. Maybe you, you have a gift of intercession and you love to pray. You're like, well, how is that used in a church? <laughs> you ever see the city you're in? You ever see the community you're in? Church without prayer is not a church. It's a gathering of people being misled. Right? And so what if you'd had that gift? What if, but I, I really, I really like, like kids. And, and so that, that's always fun. Like I, I, I like kids, I like being around kids and it's not, you know, it, it's, it's really good. Like you're really good with kids. People are like, man, he's like the kid whisperer, right? And, and you're not yet serving in children's ministry. What if you could? What if you could? What if you realize that holding a child in kids ministry would actually change the trajectory of that child's life because their parents are in there for the very first time and they need a message from the gospel and they don't know Jesus. But what if they experienced God and gave their life to Jesus and then that child's life that you're holding in that moment could just in fact be the next Billy Graham or Reinhard Bonnke that's going to go around the world and do something incredible for the Lord. If we could just get off the fact that, man, I'm just, but I'm going to miss service. Then do first and third and be in here two, second and fourth week of the, in the month so that you can experience God, but you can help someone else experience God. What if we would invite and we could see our community in a way that would just, man, you realize that it's like, you got these little cool invites, by the way, they're the perfect size to invite someone to, to be a part of what God is doing here in County. You're here because you like it, <laughs> right? right? Otherwise... Blink twice if you're in trouble. Like, 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 is there a gun that we don't know about somewhere, you know? But you believe that God's doing something here. What if you invited? But I, but I, I just, it's not my skill set. I really don't have the ability. But listen, you have to understand Acts 1.8. If you realize and recognize the importance of inviting. And listen to this. It's not in the notes. It's not going to be on the screen. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power. Come on, somebody. You'll receive power. When the Spirit of God comes on you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses. What does that mean? Let me break it down just a little bit for Georgia, right? You will, you will be my disciples. You will be my witness in Kennesaw, Marietta, Riverdale, Chattanooga and to the ends of the earth. You're here for a purpose. God put me on a seat next to Katie on purpose. God put me in Northway Christian community in the third row, first seat on purpose so that I would experience Jesus and that I would be able to help people experience his love and his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness. I've watched my family. I 
shared with you a little bit of kind of what I grew up in as a child. 31 days before my mother went home to be with the Lord, in her ICU bed, intubated, she was alert and she was oriented. I watched my mother receive Christ and tears streaming down her face. She received Christ. So I know that 31 days after that, when she closed her eyes this side of heaven, she opened them in front of her maker. And she heard, well done, good and faithful servant. My sister, who was 13 months older than I was, we were Irish twins. 32 years old, three little babies, stage 4B breast cancer. My wife and I, the night before she died, had the privilege and the honor to pray with her to receive Lord and Savior and to accept Jesus into her life. And I know that the next day, she opened her eyes and she was welcomed into heaven, cancer-free. Miracles don't always look like they should this side of heaven. But make no mistake, they are miracles nonetheless. Come on, somebody. My father, I said he was an abusive guy growing up. My father didn't know how to love me. But I've watched my father after my mother went home to be with the Lord accept Christ. He married in a fantastic woman who keeps him in line and is really just a wonderful woman of God. And he lives in Clearwater, Florida. And we are rebuilding our relationship continuously. And I'm watching my brother, who was very distant, nine years older than me. He was uh, doing some really crazy stuff for a long period of time uh, in Pittsburgh. I won't get into the details of that. But uh, not long ago, I got a text message from my best man at my wedding. And it was my brother in a church that I got married in. And uh, he's like, hey, do you want me to say something? Number one, he said, is this your brother? I said, yeah. He said, you want me to say something? I said, no. And later on that night, my brother sent me a text. He said, do you know where I was today? I said, oddly enough, I do know where you were today. And uh, he's like, how do you know? I'm like, I can't reveal my sources, right? I said, all I know is if you want to talk, I'm here to listen. So we chatted. And over a period of months, my brother renounced what he was in gave his life to Christ, his now family is attending the church that my wife and I got married in. Chad, it's just because you're a pastor and you're with Serge and, and you hang with Joel and Larry Stockstill. No, no. He's chosen you in Counter Church. Can I tell you how he's, in, how he's chosen you? He's chosen you to be in kids. He's chosen you to be a part of worship. He's chosen you to be in the Encounter team. He's chosen you to help with parking. He's chosen you to help with tech and and prayer and and giving. And I want to share all of this for a purpose. Because I'm here today on behalf of Surge. And we love this church. We love your partnership. We could not do what we do without the financial support of churches like yours. The fact that you have such a heart to reach the globe is critical. The fact that people in this community have an incredible church to attend, and it is incredible. It's beautiful. Because of you, people that you will never meet in places that you will never go to will have a similar experience to receive Jesus. As a matter of fact, there's a picture that I I missed. It was in the front, the beginning slides. I want to share this picture with you of a group of people connected in India. And uh, this, is a, this is a group. There's another photo too. And these pictures are going to make sense here in a minute. Go to the next one. Look at how beautiful these people are. Look at the next one. Maybe the next one. I think there's three. Look at how beautiful. Can I share how this church exists? 
This is Pastor Jacob's church in India. Pastor Jacob is the son of a temple prostitute. And if you know nothing about that life and you don't understand, they were oftentimes women in those parts of the world are indoctrinated into this around 10 or 11 years old. And then when they are no longer needed, and if the, the word itself explains what they were used for. When they are no longer needed, they are thrown out and tossed on the road to either die from the diseases that they got while they were doing this or to just to be shunned from the community. Because of the heart that Pastor Jacob has uh, coming from a temple prostitute, he has a heart for a church to be planted. He said, what if, what if we could reach the ones that everyone tosses on the side of the street and he and his wife were walking in a village and there was a woman on the side of the road who was begging for food and they knelt down and they talked to her and they said, is there no one here to care for you? And she screamed out, no one loves me. He said, we do. They found out what she was a part of. They brought her home. They cared for her. She had a disease that was going to kill her. Diagnosed, doctors gave her up. Not only did she receive healing in the church that he started to reach women just like her, but she was completely healed of her disease and is now serving God in India at Pastor Jacob's church, which is a surge church, just one. And you see the beautiful faces. But some of you are, maybe you're in here and you've not yet given to encounter. It's the one area you serve, you pray, you get, you're, you're all in, but the giving thing, you're like, ah, 10%'s a lot, dude. Can I help you understand what it goes to? Listen to this passage out of Romans 10. Romans 10, 13 through 14. It says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, right? It's an awesome passage, but let's move on. But how can they call on him to be saved unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? Encounter church, you send pastors into the world. You send pastors. Your financial support reaches Cuba and the ends of the earth. You do more without ever realizing it. If you give to this house, believe me when I tell you it is going to good soil. Not only to reach the globe, but to reach this community. When you, when you sacrifice and say, Jesus, I trust you to do more with 90% than I can do with 100%. God will multiply your efforts and do something that you could never even imagine exceedingly, abundantly, and above anything you could ever ask. If you could show up the picture. Next photo. This is a cool photo. It doesn't look like much. But can I tell you what it is? Can I tell you that Encounter Church has a part of the pandemic? Sorry. But in a better way. When the entire world is looking at Wuhan, China and shaking their finger at it and they're mad about the Wuhan lab, we had the privilege of planting a church 
in Wuhan, China last month. Come on, somebody. These people on the screen is the team for that very church that can no longer, right now they cannot meet in person, but they are growing online because of your faithfulness, because of your giving, because of you, because he's chosen you to be here. We get to do this. This church thing's not just for Sunday. I love my God. Take a look at this church. This next picture. We got really cool lights in here, right? Beautiful band. This church is no less beautiful. It's in Burundi. This incredible church, this amazing pastor and her husband, Galiv and her husband are leading an incredible, incredible church that just launched last month in Burundi. Your monthly support helps make this church possible. Look at the beauty in that church. Look at how amazing that church is. Look at the beauty in the building. And I want to show you how they show up to church. Play that video. somebody if you ever questioned if Jesus chose you please don't ever again if you ever doubted your gift place it in the hands of your creator and watch what he'll do I speak on behalf of Pastor Larry and Pastor Joel when I say thank you. Thank you for being a part of 240 churches this year. Thank you for being a part of 333 last year. And we look forward to reaching the world with you. It is real and the message of the gospel is real. It started one day when I showed up at a church when I didn't want to. I sat next to Katie on a plane. A man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. Never argue Jesus with anybody. Just show him who he is. He doesn't need an argument. He loves people. Care for them. Care for your community. Care for the barista that you talk to. Care for the person. Pray for the person that cuts you off in traffic no idea what they're going through and the experiences that they have but they need this church your family needs this church your neighbors need this church it's not for growth's sake 
Oh, but it is for heaven's sake. My friends, you are the church. You are the hope of the world. You are the church. You are the hope of the world. It is his bride. And when he comes back for it, it will be beautiful. One of the best days for any, I, I believe any, any woman probably is her wedding day. What if the groom was just standing down front? Groomsmen all lined up. Peter, James, John. Go on down. What if the bride never showed up? When that door swings open. The groom is going to be thrilled with the bride that he sees. Because it reached the world. In the next seven years, the Bible will be written in every language of the world for the first time in history. If you've ever wondered if we're walking in biblical prophecy, please let me tell you, we are. You matter. You matter. I want you to do something for me and I promise I'm going to close. I have no idea how long I've gone. Can you turn to someone that's next to you? And I don't want the typical church. He chose you. You know, I don't want that. Can you turn to someone around you and look at them and help them understand that Jesus chose them? Just say, he has chosen you. He's chosen you. He's chosen you. He's chosen you. He's chosen you. Tech team, he's chosen you. Worship team, he's chosen you. Kids team, those of you that are going to watch this online, I'm going to look at you. He's chosen you. Whether you're four hours away or 20, he's chosen you. He's chosen you to be used by him. He loves you just the way you are, imperfect and broken, and he's going to use you anyway. My friends, can we pray? I have no doubt that there are some of you in here, and this message has stirred your heart for the world, and I hope that it has. But I started out by talking about those that may be in here that don't understand why someone would cry or lift their hands and say, I'm desperate for you, Jesus. The reason I'm emotional is because I realize the power and the truth in the name of Jesus Christ. And there are some of you, you have been trying to live this life on your own and desperately trying to do it. And it's just so hard. But you need to know that the God and creator of this universe is not mad at you. He is mad about you. He loves you. He created you. He has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for your future. And he loves you and wants you. And the only thing that is separating you from him is you. And the sin in our life that separates us from a heavenly father 
But Jesus is so faithful to forgive us of our sin, to love us, to welcome us, to, to give us a hug for the kingdom. It doesn't mean that every issue and struggle in our life goes away. It just means that we're walking it along someone that can deal with it so that we don't have to. And if you're in here and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and said, Jesus, come into my life. I receive you. I love you. And I, I don't even know what it all means. I have a lot of questions, but I just want to be connected to the one who has the answers. Jesus, I want you in my life. Or maybe, just maybe, you have been so far distant and you act the part on Sunday, but there's turbulence in your flight. And that turbulence has stopped you from seeing Jesus for who he truly is. If you're in this room, everyone's head bowed, everyone's eyes closed, please hear me. I'm not going to embarrass you. But today is the day of salvation for you. Today is the day that we're going to come back to God. Today is the day that we, our lives here on this earth and for eternity are going to change. If you're in here and you're saying, Chad, I want Jesus in my life or I need to turn back to him. If that's you, it's okay. Today it happens. Everyone's head bowed, everyone's eyes closed. If you're in here, one of those two situations, could you do me a favor? Just slip up your hand for me right now. Just say, Chad, that's me. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. I see many of you. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the family of God. Come on. Can you guys celebrate a little bit? Keep your heads bowed, eyes closed. Just celebrate what God is doing in here. Just lift your hand. Lift your hand up. Anybody else? It's for you. You're questioning it right now. You're saying, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But you need to. Just lift your hand. Yeah. For the five of you that lifted your hands right now, I want to pray with you. And I want you to agree in your heart with what I'm saying. And then before you leave this place, I want you to connect with someone and tell them the decision that you just made oh but Chad it's awkward I don't care I'd rather you live your life out loud for him than, in, than, than just in fear of what someone would say these people love you they want to help you they want to disciple you they want to come alongside by the way discipleship is kind of a weird word they just want to help you know Jesus and I want to pray Father thank you for loving me and sending your son Jesus Christ to come and die on a cross for me Jesus, today I change and choose you. I turn away from my sin. I turn away from the things that hinder me from having a relationship with you. And I ask you to come into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me. Heal me. And make me brand new in you. Today I realize that I don't have all the answers. But today I'm choosing to be connected to the one who does Jesus. I love you. I choose you and I want you in my life every day from this point forward in Jesus precious name amen encounter church your search family loves you can you just celebrate for those who made that decision come on
Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.